We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. There really is something about that name. The name of Jesus. When you speak that name, it, it calms, it soothes, it cleanses, it heals. There's a power in the name of Jesus. The Scripture says there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus. You see, it's more than a name. It's more than a name. Jesus, God with us. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. Please be seated. Throughout the week, I just read and did some study and some prayer and just some thinking about what God wanted me to say to you today, what, what God wanted to unveil to us today. And He just kept bringing me back to an age-old question. And so I'd try to dodge that question and m- move to another thought process and bring me back to that age-old question. It's an age-old question that's been around since the very beginning. This question actually creates thoughts of fear. This question actually creates thoughts of hopelessness. This question creates thoughts of despair. The question brings back an enormous realm of discussion. It, it brings about a speculation of what might have been, what might be today. The question that he kept bringing back to me in itself is a life-changing question. The question... Where would we be without a Savior? Where would we be without a Savior? We saw in the first few generations of mankind how that without a Savior, they became hopeless and full of evil and continually their minds were on evil things and so much so that without a Savior, God said, I repent to myself that I've even made mankind. Without a Savior, there's hopelessness. Without a Savior, God repents to Himself about who we are and what we've become without a Savior. You look in as man began to govern himself by conscience. He couldn't even declare within himself what would be right and wrong. He couldn't even judge within himself. And so God looked at this and said, this this can't continue There's no Savior. And we can go on and on. We can go through the law. We can go through all those things. Where where would we be? Where would I be? And as God was speaking to me, I just began to reflect on my life. And where would I be without a Savior? What situation would I be in today? What what place would I be living in? And what what manner of things in this world would have a hold of my heart? And what what evil would be... uh, contorted inside of me and what kind of person would I be and how would I treat my fellow man and how would I react to people's sadness and their sorrow and their grief what 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 kind of person would would I stand before the rest of mankind and be and as I began to think about these things I then I just began to reflect on me and you know what without a savior where would I be I'd be lost and you know a lot of us that have come to God, forgot what it was like to be lost. 
we forgot what it, what it meant to be to be lost. And to be lost is more than just to not be saved. To be lost means a, an eternal damnation, an, an eternal... Uh, I've been doing some studying because we've been talking about on Wednesday nights the end times, and I, I just began to look at some things about the very end of time. And the very end of time is very disturbing. It's more disturbing to me than anything I can read in Scripture. It, it's, it's more uh, fearful, if you would, than, than anything I can read in the Bible because at the end of time there will be a group of people that, that God calls back out of the dead that, that were not saved. They were not born again, but God will call them out of the grave. It's that last resurrection. And in that last resurrection, those people will stand before God and attempt to give an excuse, but then as God opens the books of their life and, and opens the Lamb's book of life where their name is not, they, they stand in, in, in pitiful sorrowfulness because they can't say anything for themselves that would appeal to God at this point. They'll only be able to hear these words, depart from me, depart from me into everlasting. I don't know about you, but everlasting is a long time. I don't know how you feel about it, but you know, some people say, well, everlasting means that forever then they'll be away, they'll be dead, they'll be gone. But when I read the scripture, I, 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 I read how that there will be an eternal fire and an eternal punishment and the scripture says we'll go forever and forever where would i be without a savior you know throughout the record of uh history of man we see time and time again man's futile attempt at resolving the single biggest problem that he has and and that's what to do with his wrongdoing it's the single biggest problem every human being has and throughout history, man has tried to do things to try to rectify his wrongdoing. You know, civilizations have come and gone, and kingdoms have arisen, and kingdoms have fallen, and societies have stood fast, and societies have existed, and then societies have migrated, and then societies, societies have even ceased to exist. And what would people, what would we call a people as savages? And what would we call a people as civilized have also Throughout history, have you ever considered the savage that, you know, the, the gospel was never preached to them? And yet, throughout history, it shows us that even the savage that never heard of Jesus Christ made an attempt of some type to rectify right and wrong. To try to, within themselves, in their own governmental system, to decide this is right in our system and this is wrong. You see, it, it's innate in us, whether we're savage or civilized, to try to figure out what to do about what's wrong with us. Each civilization has tried to establish a manner of law of living that would address the inequities of man's spirit and the failure that's in man's soul. What would we do without a Savior? It's a very valid question. It's very sobering. The prophet Isaiah saw into the future a glimpse to an answer of this nagging question. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, shall call His name Emmanuel. That, that name Emmanuel in the Hebrew, when it's translated, it translates, with us is God. Not God with us. I mean, I've heard people repeat this and say, well, that's, that's translated God with us. No, it doesn't translate it, God with us. With us is God. The name Jesus, Emmanuel, the name Jesus with us is, what would we do without a Savior?
Without a Savior, we would have no God. Without a Savior, we would have no God. Every God that we would serve would be evil. Every God that we would serve would be self-serving. Every God that we would serve would be limited. But we have a God. Later in chapter 9, if you look and just turn over a page or two in chapter 9, and we heard it this morning. It was so beautiful to hear our children be able to recite the Word of God, and especially at this time of year when we consider Christmas time and all the things that are involved. For unto us a child is born. And here's Isaiah looking forward again. Man, he must have really been looking for something. Isaiah must have really been searching because God revealed to him over and over, there's one coming. There's one coming. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called. Wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. What an awesome thing. Because Isaiah then had hope. Isaiah then had hope. There was no hope in the law. There, there was no hope. There was only a shame of sin. The law only would unveil to you what your sin was. That's all it could do. But Isaiah found a hope. Many other of the prophets were foretell of this one that was coming. And it would answer this age-old question. Where would we be without a Savior? As the Lord dealt with mankind throughout the different dispensations of time that we find in Scripture, it became evident that man would never within himself be able to justify himself, sanctify himself, cleanse himself, or redeem himself. And don't think that man didn't try. All through Scripture you find where man sought and tried, but you know what we always fall short we without a savior where would we be we would fall short do you know what's the definition of sin miss the mark oh the definition of sin is it's revolting the definition of sin is to miss the mark simply missing the mark where would we be without a savior we would miss the mark we needed somebody that was wholly pure. We needed somebody that was totally innocent. Somebody full of aware, fully aware of our plight to understand where we were at. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted in all manner of sin, yet, yet without sin. In all manners he was tempted. Don't think that you ever go through some temptation and you succumb to it that Jesus didn't battle with that within his flesh. Because he did, but he was able to overcome. Why? Was it because he was God in flesh? Or was it because he made a choice that what he was called to do was greater than what he was, his flesh would call him to do? Some of us don't believe that Jesus' flesh was called to sin. We have a hard time with that. How could the, the sinless one, how could someone that pure be called to sin, yet his flesh was called to sin? If not, why would he even go out 40 days and fast in the desert and be tempted? What would be the point and purpose? There would be none. There was, a, there was a, the, a threefold temptation that measures into every one of our lives. And Jesus answered it the same way every time. It is written. The Apostle Paul wrote of Jesus to the Colossian church, and he says this in chapter 1 when you look at verse 14. And remember something, when you're looking at the letters, the epistles written, these are epistles, these are letters, this information that's written to the church. 
It's, it's exhortation written to the church. It's direction written to the church. Can you find a way to be saved in those? Sure, you can find a way to be born again if you put those together and read them. But understand this. These are letters written to people who are already in the church. And so this is what the apostle says about Jesus. In whom we have redemption through his blood. In whom we have redemption, verse 14, through his blood. Where would we be without a Savior? No redemption. But because of his blood, we have redemption. Even the forgiveness where we miss the mark. Even the forgiveness of sins. Who is the image of the invisible God? Up until this point, there was no image of an invisible God. There were theophanies, a burning bush, a talking donkey. There, there were the, but there was no image of an invisible God. And now Jesus comes as the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by Him were all things created. By whom? Jesus, the image of the invisible. By Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, that are visible, that are invisible, whether they be thrones. He didn't say good or bad thrones. He said thrones. Whether they be dominions, he didn't say good or bad dominions. Whether they be principalities, he didn't say good or bad. Powers, good or bad. No matter what, Jesus is over. All things were created by him because all things were created for him. They were created by him for him. Why? So that we would have a Savior. So that we would have a Redeemer. Where, where would we be without this one Jesus? Verse 17, he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Nothing consists in your life or mine without Jesus. Nothing consists in this. You take a Savior out of this world, and this world cannot consist. It will totally destroy itself. It would have had God not intervened in Noah's day. And we're fastly approaching that same scenario that this world wants to destroy itself. The only reason we don't destroy ourselves is because we have a Savior. We have a Savior. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in Him all things might have preeminence. Where would we be without a Savior? Paul's speaking to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 3. He says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest. That word manifest means render apparent, appear. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels. Who is this? God. Preached unto the Gentiles. Who is this? God. Believed on in the world. Who is this? God. Received up into glory. Who is this? God. Where would we be without a Savior? The birth of Jesus was the answer to the age-old question. The age-old question that had been asked over and over and over. He was the answer. See, without a Savior, we have no redemption, no forgiveness, no justification. No, Y'all thought I was going to talk about Santa Claus today, didn't you? I'm getting there. We would have no, without Jesus, without a Savior, no sanctification, no hope. No faith, 
no joy, no love, nothing. Without a Savior, our world would be dismal. Our world would be dead. Our world would be deluded. Without a Savior, our end would be destruction and eternal punishment. Many people sit on pews today because they just want to skip and miss the eternal destruction and punishment. That's why they're sitting. That's not the point and purpose of having a Savior. It's not to save you from, it's to save you to. And so there's a difference in Christianity. There are some Christians that want to be saved from. There are other Christians that want to be saved to. I want to be saved from hell. I want to be saved from destruction. I want to be saved from the lake of fire. I want to be saved into the new kingdom. I want to be saved into the blessing. I want to be saved into the eternal life of Jesus Christ. Boy, there's a vast difference between those two people. There's a vast difference. Because a Savior is not something that saves you from. He saves His people from their what? What else? He saved His people from their what? Their sins. From what else? You see, we don't serve a God that saves His people from all of this. He saves us from our sins because He's saving us to something ultra, ultra glorial. Yeah, Bishop, I made that word up. So it's not in your dictionary. You don't know what glorial is, right? No? It's beyond glorious. It's beyond fulfillment. It's glorial. Yeah, that's Don Webster. That's he's, Listen, I don't want to dampen your spirit here today. Christmas is not about Christmas trees. When you begin to research some of this stuff that we do in Christianity, some of it will almost make you cringe. Like, what does the Lord really think about that? Because Christmas is about Christmas trees. Christmas is about Christmas trees and about presents in our society. Christmas is about, you know, because He gave is only for begotten, that licenses us to give everything we can put on our credit card. Now, listen. Credit goes up this time of year. You know that, right? It extends itself this time of year. You know that, right? It overextends itself this time of year because we feel guilty when we can't give. He gave so that you wouldn't feel guilty at all. Where would you be without a Savior? Guilty. Guilty. Where would I be without a Savior? You know, there were things I did in my life. Maybe you too, maybe you didn't. There were things that I did that I self-justified. Because he did this, then I, I had the right to do this. You know, tit for tat. Wrong for wrong. We, that's not how we say it. We say it right for wrong. See, when people do us wrong, we're going to do them right. You know what I mean? I'm going to do you right. I've told some people that before. I'm going to do you right. One of the worst things you can ever tell a person because they've already figured out what you're about to do. So they do you right first. Where would I be without, without a Savior? Christmas isn't about lights and trees and football games and parties. Y'all knew I was going to go there. Parties and, man, there are more parties at Christmas time than there are any time throughout the year in America. There are more parties at Christmas time than any other time. And the parties usually aren't celebrating what Christmas is even about. Where would Don be 
without a Savior at one of those Christmas parties. Getting messed up, stone drunk, being stupid, acting foolish, waking up the next day saying, I'll never do that again, and the next weekend is New Year's. That's where I would be. Because you know what? I lived a life without a Savior before. And some of you did too. You lived a life without a Savior. I used to think, boy, isn't this so much fun? And as the night went on, fun got a little stranger. It got a little difficult. And the next morning, it wasn't fun at all. But it's the only thing I knew because I didn't have a Savior. I think it's time for us. We're ending 2020. And I think if you said that in a church today, you would get more amens than you would get Jesus is Lord at this point. Because people are they're thinking 2020. Man, when 2021 comes around, things are going to be different. You understand, that's just the next day. December 31st, 2020, is only one minute away from January 1st, 2021. Nothing else really changes. For some reason, there's been this thing going on in our society that, man, when 2021 rolls around, things are going to change. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. You better have a hold of a Savior. You better grab on to the Savior. The only thing that's going to make any difference for you next year is having a relationship with a Savior. That's going to make the difference in your life. We need to get back to some basics. We need to quit fooling ourselves that what we're doing is church. We need to quit fooling ourselves into thinking that, you know, we can just passe every week and just, you know, we need to get back to some of the basics of what we believe Christmas Day is about because Christmas Day is about the answer to the age-old question of humanity. Where would we be without a Savior? There's, there's no cross if there's no Christmas. There's no Easter. No, can I do it this way? Would it be easier? There's no Easter without a Christmas. There's no cross without a birth. There's no death without a birth. There's no hope without a Christmas. That's where we need to get back, the basis of what's coming on. It's just a few days away, y'all. It's five days away. And it's the day we celebrate. Quite frankly, as I look in the Scripture and study it, it looks to me like Jesus was born in the springtime, not, not the wintertime. If you just, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what day he was born. What matters is he was born unto us. A son is born. A child is given. And that's what matters today. That's what Christmas is all about, y'all. And we need to get back to that basic, so basic, Brother Terry, that every day becomes Christmas. So basic. You know, there used to be days in America like that. There used to be days in America when our every day was like Christmas. We always talked about the birth of Jesus. We were always glad to speak about Him and Him coming into the world. But now we just like to talk about it at gift time, I mean Christmas. That's when we like to talk about it. <clears throat> I have relatives that are agnostic, if you will, that will say to me if I see them, Merry Christmas. Why? You're agnostic. What? Why are you even... You see, Christmas has become that far 
outside the realm of what it ought to be. When those that don't even really consider that there's a God don't care would say Merry Christmas to me. You know, I want to say, hey, <laughs> you don't even believe in Jesus. What, what, why would you? That's how far, far away we've gotten as a nation. Could we get back to some basics? We, we got about a week, week and a half left before the new year. And by the way, get ready for next Sunday because you're going to get a New Year's uh, cannonball. <laughs> well, I shouldn't have said that because some of you are not going to show up now. We could start a new decree today about what Christmas is really about. We have a Savior which is Christ Jesus, the Lord. Where would I be without a Savior? We talked about it earlier today. If I had hope in this life only, I would be of all men most miserable. The best thing I can get out of this life is misery. The best thing I can get out of this life, misery. But my hope is not, my hope is in a Savior. I'm so thankful for a Savior. And, and let me apologize to y'all because I, I should be more, during worship I should be more attentive to be more spiritually aware of what's going on. You know, that, a lot of pastors, they're, they're very understanding of that and they use the wisdom of it. Pastor Don, for some reason I haven't caught on to that. Well, I know what the reason is and I'll tell you what the reason is, but this is not a yay me or a boo them or anything like that. But I can't, when I'm in worship, get past that I have a Savior. I can't, in worship, get past that, you know what, there's a lot. I I can't come here and view other people and watch other people worship. I can't do it. And I apologize because I should be more intuitive. uh, But I I just can't. I can't. And it's it's just because I know where I came from. I, I know what I came from. I know what I was. I know who I am today. And without him, every chance I get, mm, it doesn't just happen here. Y'all know why I don't kill very many deer, right? You can't kill deer when you're worshiping in a deer stand. They hear you. (laughs) They hear you. Yeah. Yeah, the sad thing is they're walking along worshiping the Lord. And here's Don trying to knock that out. I'm not against that. Don't please don't. But understand, listen. Every day needs to be Christmas. Understanding that to unto us was born a Savior. A Savior. Maybe you didn't need to be saved as bad as I did. But that's okay. Be, would you be thankful for me <laughs> that God touched me and saved me and brought me into his kingdom? Be happy for me. Be glad for me because I'm glad for you. And that's what Christmas is really about. It's not about the gifts. If you give gifts, that's fine. It's not about the tree. If you have a tree, that's fine. You know, don't, don't let any of those things melt your fun away. But Christmas is all about him. It's not about that tree. It's not about that gift. It's not about any of that stuff. It's simply about a Savior. Stand with me if you would. A Savior. Your little kids might not be happy, 
but if you were to make Christmas actually Christmas, your bank account would be different. Your credit score would be higher. Your kids may not get everything they want, but if you show them Christmas, they'll get everything they need. They'll get everything they need. We are the society of want, aren't we? I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. Gimme, 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 gimme. How about we finish? We've got another week, so I'm just trying to close this off quickly. How about we finish 2020 with a real Christmas worship? A real Christmas worship. It's not about anything I have achieved. It's not about anything that I have gotten. It's simply that I have a Savior. It's not anything you've achieved. It's not been a rough year, hasn't it? Been a rough year. We've all experienced this. But it's not about any of that. It's all about celebrating that I have a Savior. That's something to celebrate. We celebrate birthdays. We celebrate 4ths of July. We have, we have so many things we celebrate. But when it comes to celebrating Jesus, we tend to celebrate one another, don't we? It's kind of a human thing. What if we were to celebrate Him today? This Sunday before Christmas. What if we were to say, you know what, Lord? You gave the greatest gift There's nothing that I can give back to you that comes to measure. But there is one thing I can give to you that you don't demand. You don't require it. You don't force it. And that's a worship. God never demands worship. He doesn't require worship, nor does he force worship. It's the thing. God gave man commandments for a reason. You understand? Because we're weak. And when God gives us commands, it's to help us along with what we should do. But when it comes to worship, He just leaves us alone in it. He leaves it to us. He leaves it to you and me. And what greater gift could we give back to God today than if we just gave Him a little gift-wrapped present of worship, of true worship. Lord, we are so grateful. Thank You for a Savior. Where would I be without you? Jesus, where would I be without you? I shudder to think what my life would be like. I probably wouldn't even be in my right mind at this point. God, I wouldn't have my physical abilities. I would be so racked in sin and so messed up physically that my mental state and my spiritual state would follow suit. And I would just be nothing but a broken human being awaiting an eternity that's not going to be pleasing. But because I have a Savior, you brought me into this place only for one reason, because you love me. And there's many times, God, I don't understand why you love me like you do. And I can't fathom it. It doesn't makes sense in my mind. All I know is your word says that you do. You so love that you gave a Savior. 
And so today, God, we as a church want to thank you. We want to bless you with a gift of worship this morning. We've worshiped you today, God. We've heard word today. Now, at this last part of this service, Lord, with what you've given us, because in our worship, you gave. Even in our worship, you gave to us. But would you allow us, God, at this time, to just give to you without any receiving, without you giving us anything. God, I don't even know if that's possible in your nature because your essence is is a giving essence. But would you allow us, God, this morning just to give thanks because of our Savior. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name, would you lead us this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather. And you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.